Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a news and notes segment for you all and a United States Women's National Team versus Uzbekistan preview. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all news and updates. At Attacking Third, we also have a TikTok and we're also on Instagram, so follow us across all three platforms at Attacking Third for highlights, cool graphics, breaking news, and so much more. And you can also catch us on video at youtube.com slash attacking third. International window is here, Lisa, but we still got plenty of soccer to talk about. How are you doing today? I am good. Yes, plenty of soccer happening. It's uh, pouring rain today in Philadelphia, and my neighbors are being loud, and this is working from home. (laughs) So here we are, but uh, no soccer, no domestic soccer for me to watch this weekend. Instead, just tuning into CONCACAF qualifiers, UEFA qualifiers, um, doing all of the things, staying inside because of the rain. How are you, Sandra? Yeah, same. Honestly, it's definitely like uh, April showers kind of vibes going on right now, for sure. Uh, And yeah, we're paying attention to the things that are going on outside, both in Philly and Chicago, because that's what happens when you work from home. But I'm with you, like (laughs) not watching the NWSL Challenge Cup, because that took a a, a brief pause for this international Mm -hmm. window, which is a good time to let everybody know if for whatever reason you've missed any Challenge Cup matches. It's at the halfway mark right now when it comes back after this international window there will be about three more rounds of matches to go through and uh, if you need to catch up on any action that you might have missed you can watch matches on replay at paramount plus or if you're just looking for the highlights you can head on over to attacking third youtube and you can get all the highlights of match packages there but you can also watch uh w qualifier matches on paramount plus which are already in the mix games are going to be going through april 6 all the way through the 12th and i'm hyped for that as well six Mm -hmm. groups going head to head here to sort of see which of the six teams are going to be joining the united states women's national team and canada in july for the concacaf w championship to ultimately decide who's going to advance to the 2023 world cup in australia and new zealand so keep an eye on those matches go to paramount plus circle some that you want to take a look at i got a feeling that a lot of these are going to come down to that April 12th date, there's a ton of uh, groups, all of them, quite frankly, 
that kind of have a, a number one and a number two kind of mm -hmm. going head to head. A lot of teams who are level, those number ones and number twos on points, but goal differentials are kind of coming into play in terms of separating the two from the group winners. So a lot of these teams who are ranked number one, number two within their respective groups are going to be meeting on April 12th. So look out for uh, like Jamaica and Dominican Republic, look out for yes. Mexico and Puerto Rico. So check those out. Uh, it's going to be going to be a riveting finish. I think <laughs> W qualifiers, people should check it out if they get the chance. Yeah, it's really good competition. And I know a lot of people say like, oh, I just want to watch the US or Canada, the heavy hitters. But these are the good games to be watching because this is how the sport grows. And oh, yeah. this is developing younger players and more experienced players across all of these different nations. And the United States and Canada will be playing against these teams. Oh, yeah come July. So you want to know your competition. If you're cheering for the U.S., you want to know who they're going up against, what players are going to give the back line for the U.S. some trouble, anything that's going to happen. Um, these are fun games. They're really fun to watch, especially for me. I don't I don't have a lot of care into who wins. I just am watching them for fun. And that's very enjoyable. It's Look. very enjoyable to watch a soccer game and not have to be analyzing it as much. Yes. I was going to say, <laughs> when you get the opportunity to do, uh, j just view a soccer game as like a neutral, there's a certain like calmness that comes into play, a yeah. certain, a different level of enjoyment. I you just want goals. You just want chaos. You want good soccer. You want development. <laughs> and, and that's honestly what you're getting watching these CONCACAF W qualifiers. So tune in. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, if you're looking across some of the rosters across this uh, CONCACAF W qualifiers, you can take a look at certain national teams and see a ton of NWSL players yeah. represented throughout them. Uh, shout out to the Reggae Girls, Allison Swabi. You can see with Angel City, Maria Sanchez, Houston Dash, and uh, representing Mexico and a number of others as well from uh, Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic as well. So uh, take a look at those teams if you get a chance. We also have on Paramount Plus selective uh, UEFA women's qualifiers and uh, we're going to react a little bit to a game that took place uh, ahead of us getting together and recording this. We saw Norway versus Kosovo uh, go head-to-head -head and the return of Ada Hedgeberg to the uh, Norway's national team. And uh, quite the comeback, got herself a hattie in this match against Kosovo. Definitely marking her return uh, to say the least but uh, a five-year absence uh, mm -hmm. finally coming to an end and uh, just feels a little different right kind of watching these qualifiers take place and having Hedgeberg be part of the mix once more we actually spoke with Ada Hedgeberg about this and making her return to the Norway national team and yep. she was admitted she was like I've been working really hard this is something yeah. I want this is why I'm competing so well in Champions League and and that's been her focus is to get back playing for club and for country after a bit of an injury she faced there but yeah three goals in this match for her Norway ends up winning 5-1 but the goals from her were first second and then fourth fantastic yeah, top notch. Again, if you miss it for whatever reason, you can rewatch it on Paramount Plus or head over to the highlights at Attacking Third YouTube. Let's get into some news and notes across NWSL. Again, despite no matches happening during the international week, that doesn't mean the NWSL stops, keeps on moving, it keeps on going. And there has been the announcement of some player additions across the league to certain teams. Let's start off with Angel City here, announcing that they have signed French international Clarisse Lebian. 
to a two-year deal for an undisclosed amount and uh, will be taking a international spot amongst that uh, roster there. Uh, Chicago Red Stars also announcing a signing of their own, signing Australian forward Chelsea Darber, a two-year contract with an option for a third year. Coming out of Australia was with Adelaide United, scored 10 goals and three assists during the semifinal run there. And uh, goalkeeper almost Schulte to Angel City as well, German international, one-year contract with an option. We'll be joining the team a little bit later, starting after the Euros. Rebecca Holloway announced to racing Louisville out of Birmingham City, a two-year deal. And Janine Becky out of Manchester City going to Portland Thorns, a three-year deal with the Thorns. They acquired her with a trade via racing Louisville, who had her player rights in exchange for $75,000 in allocation money and completed transfer with Man City in exchange for additional allocation money. And finally, Valerie Govan to North Carolina Courage, another international one-year deal with Houston. Lots of player movement happening for NWSL. I like uh, a number of these moves, quite frankly. Uh, Angel City yeah, kind of making more of them than some some other teams. I mean, you got to wonder a little bit, Lisa, are they taking a look at what's going on in the Challenge Cup and saying, hey, we got to bulk up some areas of the roster here? I mean, even before Challenge Cup started, when you looked at Angel City's roster, there's no depth. That's, yeah. They don't have that. The rotations off the bench are very, very slim. And so this needed to happen. I think getting Clarice, Clarice Lebahan is a forward, a French international. That's going to really help Angel City um, provide different looks in the front line, adding depth to their goalkeeper position in almost Schultz. Those are really necessary for Angel City. Um, I, I imagine they're going to continue to make these kinds of movements and, and look at the roster depth and Yes, seeing how this Challenge Cup has gone, but these conversations have been in the works uh, for these trades oh, yeah. to come as now they're being announced and now it's uh, some of the players are starting to come over, but in the case of goalkeeper Schultz, not yet after the Euros. Um, yeah, I mean, these are big for them, of course. I think that the biggest trade for me is Janie Becky from Man City to Portland and using Racing Louisville as... The, the catch in between this trade because it was Man City yeah. uh, to Louisville and then Louisville to Portland. Right. But Just to catch people up for people who weren't aware during their expansion draft in 2021, uh, Racing Louisville selected Janine Becky and her player mm -hmm. rights, but unfortunately she was still uh, playing overseas and this was just something where uh, they're sitting on these player rights. So like, it looks like they opted to make a move with them instead of trying to yes. convince her to come on over stateside. And it's a three-year deal for the Thorns, so development player there for sure. So to kind of get her in, get used to formation, Coach Wilkinson, the players there, and, and the culture in Portland, and then develop this player in the NWSL. But lots of movement happening, lots oh, yeah. of new pieces across the NWSL. Uh, we'll see when we see them, when they all report, yeah. when they get on the pitch. That's that's another question. When are they yeah. coming? It just sort of feels like a lot of them, too, are you look at him and, yeah, we're we sort of singled out Angel City here for this moment. But, I mean, an argument could be made for each of these clubs in their recent 
signings or acquisitions in terms of looking at areas of depth, right? So even when we're looking at the Chicago Red Stars, for example, the fact that this is a forward that they're bringing into the mix and uh, to have and sort of bolster up their forward core as well, who the options there have been quite slim for some time. Khalil Watt has been rehabilitating from an ACL injury. There's an unknown return date for that because, of course, they're not going to rush that back. But Rachel Hill has been dealing with a hip injury uh, since the start of the Challenge Cup. And uh, there hasn't been an update in terms of her progress either. And Mal Pugh is tearing it up, right, in Challenge Cup. She's leading the Red Stars. She's leading the Challenge Cup with four goals. And, uh, you know, that's lights out performance, but you can't just sort of rely to heavily on that so the options were pretty slim there and it looks like they tried to go out and maybe add a little bit more depth to that forward line as well so it'll be interesting to see uh what she brings to this red star side but again another one of these signings where it's unknown where they're going to actually join up with the team things like a visa process Mm -hmm. has to get cleared before uh welcoming some of these players into the league so we will be keeping an eye on them uh until everything gets cleared let's maybe look at some other nwsl news that isn't 100 percent player related at all it is kind of because it's kits and we're going to be talking about players who are going to be wearing this kits houston dash announcing their alternate slash away kit the city of football kit uh, some folks i think were maybe kind of confused when they saw different hashtags about nwsl clubs and what they were going to be running with and for houston they're referring to the their hashtag is city of football and their new awake it kind of reflects that it's homage to the city's flag you could see a lot of cool photos here if you're listening to this as audio check us out on youtube you could see some photos of this awake it you could see the bright blue star going across a white kit with some sort of yellow and orange uh, accents alongside the sleeves and in the collar as well. So I'm excited to see Houston take the pitch eventually in these uh, in these away kits, sort of celebrating, commemorating, and playing homage to the city and uh, yeah. 10th anniversary of the league as well. Yes, a lot of the the kits that are coming out from the clubs are Paying, playing homage to the 10th year of the NWSL. We saw that with O.L. Rain and their kits that they pulled out. Um, and now in these Houston kits that they have, they have a little logo in the corner that says NWSL 10th year, uh, 2022. They have a lot of stars on it. I actually really like this kit. We've seen a lot of different variations of stars on on soccer jerseys, whether it's in Orlando or Houston had them before, but they're oftentimes little Chicago. They've got the red stars across their chest, but I like these stars because they're big and they're all over. I don't know. This was fun. I wanted to talk about the kits. This was a good time. I like that. They have like uh, yellow trimming on their sleeves too. Yep. I like that. The stars are bright, right? In Texas. And now everyone's going to get that stuck in their head. So hopefully you find a way to finish it and sing it. Then we're going to take a wrap right now on NWSL News and Action. We're going to start transitioning a little bit into what this international break is about. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is about bigger international matches happening, right? We started at the top of this episode with CONCACAF and UEFA qualifiers, chatted a little bit about some NWSL news, and now we got to take a dive into the United States women's national team. They're going to be playing some matches during this international window. They're going to be facing Uzbekistan the first time that these two programs have ever gone head-to-head in their respective histories. Uzbekistan is currently ranked 45, uh, 45 overall in the FIFA rankings and number seven in Asia, there are two friendlies that are going to be taking place, one on April 9th and the other on April 12th. Columbus, Ohio at lower, uh, Lower.com Field and Philadelphia, Chester, Pennsylvania at Subaru Park. I know you're excited about that, Lisa. I'm very excited about that. They're coming <laughs> to Philly. I'll be at the game. Right Let on, me know right if on. anyone will be there. Yeah, I, mean, I love tweet it. At me. I'll come say hi. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is great. I mean, this is a chance for these players to play. Uh, it's competition. And in these windows, these FIFA windows, the United States needs to be playing games and looking at the Euros that are happening, looking at domestic play that's happening in Europe, the competition that the United States and Black Wendonofsky can get. There's also COVID protocol still in place. Yeah. This is fine. It's competition. It's Uzbekistan. Yes, they are ranked 45, but there are still plenty of things that the U.S. team can learn, especially when you look at the roster that Black Wendonofsky has called in. There are so many younger players in this group because of that. It's it's necessary for them to get experience, to get practice, to get consistency together. Um, another note that was made after the roster initially dropped, midfielder Sam Mewis is not attending the April training camp. She's working through that knee issue in Kansas City, so she's going to stay with the training staff there, continue to rehab and get through that. And um, she's not being replaced on the roster, which is something that has happened in the past when players can't come in. Andonofsky calls in a, a supplemental player, but not happening with Mewis. So that's one less experienced midfielder in this crew. And now it's just a bunch of young kids. And then Kelly O'Hara is one of the more veteran ones, Lindsay Horan. And then I'm going to throw Rose Lavelle up there. She's got a lot of caps to her name. So that's, that's what these friendlies are about getting game experience because there's only four matches before World Cup qualifiers happen, these April friendlies, and then just two more after that. Yeah, and honestly, you know, we, we've been talking about Samantha Mewis for a little while in terms of the Challenge Cup and her performances with Kansas City Current. And we all noticed right away that she was on a, a bit of a minutes restriction, right? She's mm-hmm. still working her way back. And we have seen from her two matches that sort of had each 45-minute uh, increments and uh, was named to this national team roster, but uh, they – I guess everybody just felt it was in her best interest to continue uh, her rehabilitation and getting uh, more consistent minutes at the NWSL level. And quite frankly, when the roster was announced, uh, the midfield core for these two friendlies against Uzbekistan was the more crowded of the mm-hmm. position. Uh, and losing her for these two friendlies, I don't think they're going to, you know, 
be missing out on too much depth. Uh, they had eight midfielders, and now they're going to have seven to sort of uh, rotate between the two games. And uh, quite frankly, that means maybe another player is going to be getting some minutes that might have gone to a player like Mewis. Uh, but for folks who are unfamiliar with the entire roster, let me just go ahead and run it down for you very quickly. Three goalkeepers, Bella Bigsby, Aubrey Kingsbury, Alyssa Nair, seven defenders, Alana Cook, Abby Dahlkamper, Amani Dorsey, Emily Fox, Sofia Huerta, Naomi Girma, Kelly O'Hara. Midfielders, seven now with Lindsey Horan, Jalen Howell, Rose Lavelle, Katarina Macario, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan. And forwards with five, Ashley Hatch, Mallory Pugh, Margaret Purse, Trinity Rodman, and Sophia Smith. So when we're taking a look at the roster as it stands, and knowing that they're going to be going up against Uzbekistan, we've chatted a lot about this roster. We uh, reacted to it when it dropped, right, Lisa? And mm-hmm. then we went ahead and ha- had a couple of awesome episodes with our United States Women's National Team Hour featuring, you know, Lori Lindsay, featuring Jill Lloyden. But now it's me and you. <laughs> it's me and you, homie. The OGs. It's me and you, homie. So we're going to talk about USWNT <laughs> as they get ready to go up against Uzbekistan. And we're actually going to be reintroducing the mailbag mm-hmm. segment in a little type of way because we want to shout out folks who ask us similar questions that kind of mirror the segments that we do on here but shout out to lizzie underscore c11 she asked us who we would both choose as a starting 11 for the united states women's national team right now so lisa with this roster in front of us who, who are the 11 that you would like to to see get a run out there against uzbekistan I love doing this. Thanks, Lizzie underscore C11, because I love putting together a roster. I love looking at who's being called in, the changes that can happen, personnel, formations, everything like that. So we're going to start in the back goalkeepers between Bella Bigsby, Aubrey Kingsbury, and Alyssa Nair. I want to see Kingsbury get a cap. Uh, Bigsby and Kingsbury, neither of them have a cap. They're both searching for their first one. Kingsbury was called into camp before. I believe she went to Australia for those friendlies, but Casey Murphy outplaying Kingsbury just did such a phenomenal job in that first match that Black Wandanovsky awarded her with 90 minutes in the second match as well, which I don't think is a bad thing because Casey Murphy was probably going to be the number two goalkeeper heading into these World Cup qualifiers. She's dealing with a bit of an injury with North Carolina Courage. She hasn't played yet for club, so not being called into this. I want Kingsbury in the back line. I want Kingsbury to get minutes, get a cap, get experience, um, even against a team like Uzbekistan that may not apply a lot of attacking power and, and presence against Kingsbury. It's still a chance for her to be involved in the possession for the team, be a vocal leader in the back. So I have Kingsbury in the back line. Looking at the defenders that were called in, no Becky Sauron, no Tierna Davidson, no Crystal Dunn. Of course, uh, none of these players are playing for their NWSL clubs. So along the back line, I want to see Emily Fox, um, Alana Cook, Naomi Gurma, and Sophia Huerta. I, I really want to see Naomi Gurma get time. Um, I think that I think that we would see her play alongside Alana Cook. However. It's not necess- I don't really need to see that. I think Dahl Camper and Gurma could be a really good pairing. They played together for San Diego in that back line. I think that that center back pairing could be strengthened in this national team window and, and playing against Uzbekistan. But I want Gurma to get minutes because having depth at that position 
with experience is necessary. I mean, it's unfortunate, but Tierna Davidson just getting injured and now being out, she was the next one to step up. She has already stepped up and been that leader in the back line for Black Wynanovsky, and now she's not there. Um, and I think that Alana Cook has done a really nice job for Black Wynanovsky yeah. and for O.L. Reign that she deserves that start in the middle in the center back pairing as well. And then Fox and Huerta on the outsides. Looking yeah. at the midfield, I want to see Andy Sullivan holding that down. Really the only other player listed in this midfield group that could play that is Jalen Howe. So I want Jalen Howe to get minutes. I don't think we'll see Howe get a start, though, in either of the matches. Um, and then I want to see Ashley Sanchez out of Washington yeah. Spirit in that attacking midfield position alongside um, I'm going to go Rose Lavelle here. I, I initially had said Lindsay Horan, which I do want to see that combination as well, but I want to see Lavelle and Sanchez and how they play together yeah. in their that attacking position. Um, and then up front, I want to see Pew Hatch and Smith. So Mallory Pew, Ashley Hatch, and Sophia Smith. Of course, Kat Macario, I also want to see up there, and I think we will. She'll probably get the start at that nine, but I really want to see how Hatch can play alongside Pew and Smith because the differences in their tendencies as forwards could make the other one shine. And the difference between Hatch and Kat Macario is huge in that nine role. I mean, Kat Macario is one that's going to be a bit more withheld. She's going to want to drop back into the midfield, receive the ball at her feet, whereas Hatch is really that high number nine that can get long balls served into her, drop it back, and then curl off, flick the ball on over top. They're very different yeah. types of players. So I think we'll see both of that, but that's my 11, Pew Hatch and Smith up top. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I hardly have differences in terms of uh, what you're suggesting for a starting 11 against uh, Uzbekistan. I think if this game starts tomorrow uh, and you want a starting 11 and we're just looking at this one specific game, uh, I really want to see Kingsbury get a start as well. I think that Alyssa Nayer has been doing awesome. Uh, in NWSL with Chicago Red Stars. And uh, she has had uh, a few games with the national team since going out with injury uh, back in the Olympics. So for the opposition in front of them, I would like to see Kingsbury get a start in terms of a back line and who's unavailable. They're out with Tierna Davidson. So for the center back, do I would like to see Alana Cook. I would like to see Naomi Girma. And the outside backs, I want to continue seeing Sofia Huerta out in that uh, fullback position. But I would also like to see Amani Dorsey. We've seen Emily Fox mm -hmm. coming into to play uh, and getting some minutes as well. And I think we're going to continue to see that over the course of these two friendlies. But in terms of a start, in terms of starting a game and developing over time as minutes uh progress throughout a 90 minute game. I want to see Amani Dorsey. I feel like there have been moments in the past with this collective group of players that Andonovsky has called in. She's kind of been bit by the injury bug at times. And unfortunately the timing hasn't worked out for her to get a start, but she's been doing fantastic with mm -hmm. MFC in challenge cup. So I would like to see if that translates onto the field against a team like Uzbekistan. So uh, for my back line, if this game starts, 
starting tomorrow. I want to see Huerta. I want to see Cook. I want to see Guillermo. I want to see Dorsey. Uh, in terms of a midfield, I'm with you and Sullivan. She's got to take that role. Uh, that's just, I think she might be the healthiest of, of some players to be able to sit kind of in that kind of defensive mid role. But I want to continue seeing uh, the relationship between Macario and between Lavelle. So I got them as starts as well. We saw just very brief glimpses of it. The chemistry was budding. And unfortunately, there was a little bit of a knock that Lavelle ended up picking up that kind of kept her out for the remainder of the matches there. And and she believes, and we saw uh, Katarina Macario kind of take off a little bit towards the latter stages of that tournament. So I want to see their continued developed chemistry alongside each other and in terms of a front line, I'm with you 100%, Lisa. I don't see how you go into these games against Uzbekistan and you do not start Smith and Pew on the wings and Hatch as your sort of target center forward. She's showing us that uh, in NWSL, going off of 2021, now into 2022, that this is a player who just can sort of be there at the right time and has the ability to kind of read her teammates' movement very well and sort of become this open target for them them and be able to kind of be an even forward hit you with a left hit you with a right mm-hmm. scoring off with her noggin getting some headers there and i think if your players like pew or smith who have the ability to be technical on the ball dribble inside the box create open space you're going to want a player that can continue to keep that movement as well so i would love to see that trio in some capacity with smith hatch and pew to get this start but uh, I won't be surprised if, if maybe there's a, a full 11 that Andonovsky has for each of these games. I don't know if we're going to see a player. I see that. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see a player build into, uh, you know, 90, like 90 minutes. Like, oh, come off the bench and get 30 minutes and then you'll get 90 this next match. I, I got to I, I would hope that the coaching staff is presenting some challenges to these players, because one of the first things that people kind of locked in on when these friendlies got announced was the fact that it was against 48th, 45th ranked Uzbekistan. And there was kind of the mindset that, well, this means that there's probably going to still be a younger-ish kind of roster in place. And that's what we're still continuing to see when that Anowski and his coaching staff. And if that's the case, you have to present challenges to these players. And I hope one of those challenges is kind of looking at the opposition ahead of them. Right. It's serious and saying, look, unfortunately, due to some circumstances, this is the team that we are playing in front of us. Be respectful about it. Take it seriously. Don't think that you have to play down a level. And if you do, if we notice that, that's a problem. If you cannot show up on match day and perform against Uzbekistan, we got to keep it moving. So I hope that this is uh, some of the messaging that they're presenting when it comes to presenting challenges to this current roster in training camps with the United States women's national team. And uh, we talked a little bit about it in some of these episodes uh, with the United States women's national team hour, when we were reacting to the roster and I asked Lori Lindsay and I said, if any of these games come out with a low scoreline, one zero example, is that a disappointment? And we both were in agreement. Yes, that's absolutely going to be a disappointment. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm with you, mostly on the starting 11s. I'm I'm 0% shocked by that, that we kind of have similar. I know, I know. You know, in terms of seeing players out on the pitch. Uh, So I want to ask you, I want to ask you before we stray away from this, 
Who player rotation, say in the first match, we see rotations, whether it's at 45 or even 60 minutes, what rotations do you want to see that early on, whether it's at 45 or 60, the first one's off the bench. Who do you want to see? I got to say maybe something with the, with the forward core. There's so Mm -hmm. few of them. I think that you want to try to get as much time for, for some of those players. So maybe you're bringing a a, a pew off for a a purse, you know, or a Rodman in for a Smith or vice or vice versa, you know, however, yeah. Um, however you want to see which other side of the wing you want to see these these players and that's that's where I'm going to be looking at first and I'm going to be looking at that first especially if there is a plan for rotation at halftime or at the hour mark and if at halftime and at the hour mark it's a scoreless game still mm-hmm. or if there's still only or maybe it's a, just a one goal game I'm absolutely making that move quickly uh, and maybe having a different look in the attack uh, versus maybe switching out somebody from the back line or switching out somebody from the midfield. But that can change. we got to see the game. And maybe when we come on here and do a little bit of a recap, we'll talk about things should have got switched up in the midfield. Who knows? Um, but but we'll see. I think if there is a game plan in place or a scenario where there is a 45-minute, a halftime or an hour mark kind of rotation i think it's got to start with the attacking line i think that they have that plan in place and they have those different scenarios and how they're going to react to them and what they're going to change and then also be able to react on the fly to what players are doing but i agree i think switching up the front line is more important because then if there is an ashley sanchez sitting in the midfield how then does that change her play if she doesn't have Pew and Hatch and Smith in front of her, but she has Macario and Purse and Rodman. How does Sanchez play differently? And I'm interested to see the combinations between Hatch, Sanchez, and Hatch, Rodman, Rodman, Sanchez, those trio, because they do play together uh, every single day for Washington Spirit. So how does that translate to this? I think we could see a really good translation and a really good relationship between those types of players but it's also a different kind of technique and different formation and different tendencies with this squad and then also when you're playing alongside a pew and and smith up top for hatch that changes how she plays because she's not alongside a mckeon and a rodman that she is every single week in with washington spirit so uh, i'm really excited to tune into these matches and watch them on saturday and then next tuesday yeah, and we'll be back with so much more. I love doing this with you whenever there's a, a pair of women's national team friendlies. I'm sure in the future we're going to be doing more of these as well. Uh, thank you, everybody, for presenting us with the questions or different scenarios. And thank you all, of course, so much for listening to Attacking Third. Follow us on Twitter and now on TikTok and Instagram at Attacking Third for so much more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as videos. Subscribe at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back next week with so much more for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was the second day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.